0: There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space trouble. The Father of the and the Holy toys. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and our guest Charlie Clawson this week is none other than Felicity Ward. You're our first female guest, Charlie Clawson.
1: Oh, thank you very yeah, much.
0: Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We were just speaking about how we speak because <laughs> we were doing a little sound test Yeah. and then uh, you were saying that you used to speak much better, is that what you are saying?
1: Well, there was a time that I spoke better than this where I, like when I grew up I just spoke like I was, from, I'm from the central coast so it's yeah. a little coastal town, it's beach town. And then, um, and then I was a waitress in Sydney for a long time and I got sick of people saying, oh, you're not from here, are you? Right. So I started speaking like an actor in Sydney and opening my mouth more. And, and then as soon as I started doing stand-up, it was back to a little banjo coming out of my mouth. I actually went to the Central Coast last week And it was just horrible. Like, I just, like, started saying, oh, how old is he? Oh, 19. I'm like, what is going on? Just dropping all my T's, long O's, it's gross. I
0: find it really amazing how quickly... I think there's something about going home in particular that you turn into... The person, you were when you were at home.
1: Yeah, do you get it when you speak to your family on the phone?
0: I, I think my dad and I have had entire conversations <laughs> on the phone when neither of us have moved our lips.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like or the just whole
0: thing, like, eh, eh, eh.
1: my sister and I, like we'll be talking and we'll, we know that we're about to do something. I go, you want it? She's like, Nah. Like, oh, do you want it? Nah. And then that we know exactly what that means.
0: My dad would be the most terrible person to live with if um, you were only a lip reader. <laughs>
1: because you would have no
0: fucking idea what Amazing
1: ventriloquist, though.
0: It's, I read something very interesting about the country, is that country people like more space as well, though. Yeah. Because uh, apparently you would adjust as human beings to the amount of space that you... You know, so if you live in the city, you're used to having less space. But if you live in the country, you want more space between you and other people. Like yeah, it's right. just a natural thing. So it's why when people shake hands, you'll see country people shake oh, hands. Oh, from a distance. Right, from as far apart as they can
1: possibly be. And you can tell how country they are by how wide their arm comes into the shake. Like if they go super wide, they're like, these people didn't have a flushing toilet. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Incidentally, I didn't have a flushing toilet till I was 11.
0: What, are you serious? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, yeah. Was it like an out-the-back job? We had a pant toilet which is it wasn't common for the area like most people had it was i was gonna say did you live in the olden days (laughs) i wore a bonnet and uh we (laughs) had a horse and cart um
0: felicity was born in sovereign hill (laughs) yeah that's
1: right uh no we i think it was just a colonial house and we had this toilet out the front and it was it It was was a
0: colonial house so they thought we have to live in colonial ways that's
1: right we don't want to disrupt uh history and so we had a pan toilet that got emptied once a week by the toilet man the, oh my God! There was toilet men who would come, like like you know how garbage men come once a week, yeah. and they emptied the bins. It was like that, but with toilet, and um and it was just basically a tin that had a toilet seat lid. And one night, my dad got into a fight because we'd had a party, so we ordered an extra can, like oh the, no, like the aristocrats. La da. We I know. Don't want to brag. And Ooh, um, <laughs> look at the wards.
0: They're, two, they're a two pan
1: family. <laughs> <a> two <two-pound> pan family. <laughs> And, um, and the guy came and he took one of them. And Dad said, no, there's a full one out the back. We had a party. And he goes, I'm not here for two cans. I'm here for one. What? And Dad got into a verbal stash at four o'clock in the morning. And the guy threw all of the um, extra Contents of the can. The contents onto the pathway. Really? Yep. And he kicked
0: off. I love that the toilet man had standards.
1: I love that my dad got into a fight with a toilet man at 4 o'clock in the morning about shit.
0: Well, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's bad enough when they don't take your recycling bin. I know. But if you've got, a, like, a tin full of shit from a party... I know,
1: and we're, it's, it's north,
0: so it gets warm. Right, and you can't keep that around for two weeks. No. They've got to get rid of that. That's
1: right, we had a lot of native animals in the area.
0: Uh, there's probably still communities in Australia, your more hippie communities, where <laughs> they might still have the toilet pan because it's probably environmentally friendly, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean... Would it be? Yeah, I suppose. I don't know where it goes.
0: I don't know. Well, I assume... I I assume somewhere official.
1: (laughs) Yeah, an official shit bowl.
0: Imagine if you just heard that uh, it turns out, no, no, there was... Oh, there was no actual toilet, man. You know, that was just a local pervert with a truck.
1: (laughs) He just had a really big fish tank in his (laughs) house. Just used to sit there during the week waiting for Thursday nights.
0: Was it a big day when you got a real toilet?
1: Uh, Can you remember
0: or was it just very natural? Yeah, no, we we moved moved house
1: and actually dad built the second house. So we bought this um, this house literally over the hill and it was a one bedroom fibro house and dad demolished it and designed a house and built it. Is that right? Yeah, it's pretty industrious.
0: Right. Well, I suppose after twelve years of not having yeah. a working toilet, he'd had time to think
1: of. <laughs> well, in, it was quite an eccentric house. We didn't have. We had. It was two stories, but we didn't have a staircase. We had a trapdoor. What do you mom, mean? In Mum and Dad's bedroom, we had. It was carpeted, and there was like a square. And you lifted that up. And did your
0: was- dad design it, or did <laughs> Macaulay Culkin in
1: Home Alone design this it house? It was actually Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it was. It was like an inspector. It had a
0: trapdoor. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Wouldn't it was
1: it? really cool, and we we didn't have like a remote control no yeah until we moved house again we had like an old TV and the knob fell off so we had I just pliers. love this
0: idea that your family only updated technology when they moved house
1: yeah everything we didn't have a CD player till 1992 or something um, it, yeah everything we had beta till 1992 you had beta we had beta. Well, I mean, that was the
0: original and more superior technology. I know,
1: but it's a lonely walk up the back of Video Easy going, can I have that one, Mum? And Mum going, no, dear, they're not for us. <laughs> you have to get Who's That Girl out again. <laughs> so that was... that was. Were you very technologically inclined, your family? No, no, because no, well,
0: my dad's a dairy farmer and yes. he lives on the road that he was born on. Yeah. So, I mean, and of course, I'm just that little bit older... Where, well, I'm quite older, but I'd (laughs) like to pretend I'm dying. I'm certainly on the downhill (laughs) slope. Even statistically, I am more than halfway through a natural life of someone my age. Yeah. When,
1: what is that? Is the
0: average age for men 75? 70, uh, I don't know, I think it's like 70... Listen to se-
1: you getting defensive. No, no, it's not...
0: No, no, because I, I looked at... The only reason I know for, for sure <laughs> is I looked it up recently because I wanted to know whether that was true because right. I was telling about halfway through. When
1: you're in the back nine. And I
0: think it is, yeah, it's, it's 76 or 77 for Australian men. Right. But that is for your average healthy Australian man. Yeah. That isn't for a person who drinks at work.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know? I get that.
0: That's what you've always got to remember is... You know, I, well, you don't drink no. at work anymore, but I drink at work still. You know, the other night... Sometimes
1: um, in the morning.
0: Sometimes. <laughs> the, this is work.
1: Yeah. This is work. This is coke. Shut up. Go, you know, go, go,
0: go. I, um, uh, the other night they hadn't restocked my fridge uh, backstage because I have a little bar fridge yeah. backstage. And uh, someone, normally they just restock it overnight, um, but someone hadn't restocked it. So um, I had to drink warm beer uh, while I was on stage. And uh, because I still need something to drink mm. and, you know, the beer was there. And so I drank <laughs> warm beer. And then I was complaining to my mate afterwards. I was like, I had to drink warm beer in my show the other night. And he's going, you're still drinking at work. You're, you're drinking at work. Whether like, it's warm or not, you're still drinking it at it work. Is, yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah. no one's going to go, hey mate, hey, mate, we need to have a chat. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Uh, well, so, so I mean, people, close friends, right. people that have watched you emotionally decline over the years. Yeah. No, I'm
0: joking. Uh, no, but you know that's interesting because I know people are fascinated by the fact that you don't drink it. Well, I'm fascinated by the fact that you don't drink anymore. Mm. But you don't drink anymore because you just got to a point where it was too much. It right? was,
1: yeah. Well, you get sick of going. Oh, how come I'm sad all the time? Oh, right. how come I'm paranoid about people watching me? And how come I'm sleeping with a knife under my bed? And you know, <laughs> the
0: usual shit. Right, that usual shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't. I'd, all the stuff from the ads. <laughs> it was only for a very small time. Yeah. But I just, I st- we we had neighbors, and like we lived in an apartment, and uh, this is me and my my ex, and I would hear people walk up and down the hall. And I was like, I just think one night. Something might happen, so if I just keep a knife here just for a couple of nights, right. it'll be fine. Exactly. And, yeah, I didn't know that that was abnormal. So I stopped drinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that seems sensible. Yeah. Particularly if you're around knives.
1: <laughs> I think it's
0: always a good idea to not be drinking around knives. Yeah,
1: especially if you're trying to make a point. Hang on, let's yeah. take this to the bedroom. Yeah. I've got a point to make. Cha-ching. <laughs> yeah. It was that, and um, it, was the, it was the thing where, I don't know if you've ever had this, where you wake up and you go... Huh! oh, what did I do last night? And then you try and run through all the things that you did. And then I remember one night I went, oh, I didn't say anything that I regretted last night. And then I went, oh, yes, I did, I did that. And then I went, oh, this happens every time you drink. Right. So that was time. Time to pack it up.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was saying to Justin the other day because, I mean, in the festival. Because I actually, the, the weird thing is I don't really consider myself <laughs> to be a big drinker. Mm. But, like, when you do eight weeks of shows in a row and because I drink when I work. Yeah. I, you're like, well, I know you don't say you're a big drinker. Yes. But you've just done a couple of months of pre-season drinking training <laughs> and you seem to be in pretty good form. You're, in,
1: you're match fit.
0: And you're waking up in the morning going, oh, the only way I can get through this day today is like, eat shit food until yeah. I can drink again. Yeah, that's You're right. like, well, that doesn't seem like a healthy cycle. Well,
1: I never would have ever said I was a daily drinker, except that I drank at work, which was six daily. days a week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I oh, no, I don't, I barely ever drink at home.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, I, <laughs> I've got a bottle of um, uh, vodka that someone sent me at the start of the festival as a Thank you, President, for something i had done for them. It's unopened. Yeah. It's been sitting here in my apartment.
1: It's, drinking is at home. I haven't had a single
0: drink here. <laughs>
1: I mean, you haven't been at home much either. No. That's not the point.
0: That is the point, But I you think, know that actually. when the
1: bar's closed, right. you have safety in the fridge. Yes.
0: Yes, it's true. That's interesting. But it's interesting to me that you gave up completely. You didn't think about drinking less or what, you were just like... What's the point? Right.
1: That's what I think. Interesting. Because I, I thought... Could I have two drinks for the rest of my life? And that sounded like suicide. I don't wanna have two drinks, because when I start, I don't wanna I don't wanna to have to stop if if I don't, you know, if I don't want to. And so, yeah, the idea of having two drinks, I'm like, nah, you gotta cut it out.
0: I do say that to people occasionally, because I, I find that interesting when it comes to any of those sort of vices. Yeah. Is the idea that like, you know, I always say sober will. Do, would never doesn't make those bad decisions yeah, yeah but two drinks in will might make you know decisions and then four drinks in will will make Definite. different decisions yeah. And two drinks will knows four drinks will. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't get the two drinks will because he'll be like, hey, we should go and see four drinks yeah. will. Yeah.
1: Four drinks wills heaps of fun. Yeah. And then, and then four then drinks four, will is like, I've got this mate. Yeah. He's called ten drinks will. Right.
0: He's the greatest. He is the greatest ever ever guy. Man. Yeah. And then I've got this other friend. that's called. <laughs> we need something else to level this night out because we've <laughs> yeah. had ten drinks will.
1: Ten drinks will is getting a bit of out of control. Yeah. We need to bring another friend. Oh my god, bad decisions wills here. Oh, hey oh bad oh, decisions will. Good to see you. You're always
0: so much fun. I
1: saw you last night, but you're always Oh my god.
0: So good to see you again. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. This this won't go badly.
1: There was there was one really bad <coughs> ten drinks, Felicity. I was probably closer mm. to fifteen drinks, Felicity, and it was a work Christmas party. I just got my belly button pierced oh. and was wearing a dress, and I went to the toilet and went to play with it because I was bored, right. And realised it had fallen out. So I was hammered, and it was cl- it was close to the end of the night. Never yes. asked, but I went, you gotta turn the lights on. I lost my belly button ring and was like crawling around on my hands and my knees looking for this little bar, right. and it, I'd only had it um, like done. a
0: drunken Frodo.
1: Very <laughs> going, Fro- Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a disgusting word to say when right. you're drunk. <laughs> yes, and so I got uh, we couldn't find it. So I got home. I went right. If I don't put something in this then oh. it's going to close up. Yeah, no,
0: that's good, though. Good thinking. Good thinking. Good thinking. See,
1: still had logic on exactly. my side.
0: And you know what you want to be doing when you're 15 drinks in?
1: Looking for a small hole with a safety pin. Oh, what
0: a great idea. And that is not it's a, a great euphemism. a idea. Not
1: a euphemism. No. And then I got the safety pin <laughs> and tried a couple of times and went, oh, that hurts. And then I had, again, more logic. I went, well, if that hurts now yeah. and I'm off my face, right. it's probably not a good idea. So I didn't, and it was closed in the morning. Oh, there you go. Very good immune system. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. There's no, no punchline to that. No, no. Just <laughs> a bit of a little humble brag. I oh, quite. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God. My yeah. immune system's so good, my belly button closed up.
0: Yeah, what I'm saying is I'm like Wolverine. Yeah,
1: I'm very I much... just...
0: I just heal. Immediately. I just reproduce. That's really interesting though. Like that um, because I I've often thought that with like you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff is that idea of because I've enjoyed, you know, all those things. Everything. <laughs> a lot of the things. I've enjoyed some of the things.
1: There's some good things out there.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. And I've always done that sort of thing of going, I would like to be able to keep doing this. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, so I never wanted to do it so much that I can't do it anymore, you <laughs> right. know? That's always been my thing. There's cap always... it
1: at eight. Eight out of ten. You right. cap it.
0: There's always just been that part of me that says, if you do this too well, you never get to do it anymore. You break it. Right. You
1: break it and you can't come back. Yeah. Yeah, there's some things that I miss. Like, there is some things that I, that I haven't taken for many years and I'm like, well, oh, that was good times. Right. But, but I've just had to cut it out.
0: I would like to think that I, like, eventually could, you know, have Charlie Sheen's life, but I just want to even it out over, like, 80 years. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Like, I just don't want to do
0: it all in a just week.
1: Like a drip feed right. of crazy behaviour for, yeah. for 50 years. Yeah, just, like, you know, more
0: like a consistent, you know, yeah. like, just rock up every year. Yeah, you know, never, like,
1: view. fully self-sabotage. You don't no. oscillate from going, he's about to become the biggest thing on the planet and then self-sabotage and turn into a hobo. No. You just want to be, like... On the edge all the time where people are like, we like you, but we're not sure whether to be worried about you. Right. Yeah. I feel like
0: that is where I am.
1: That's a good place to be. That's <laughs> the sweet spot. On the Venn diagram of hobo and self-sabotage. That's right in the middle.
0: Right. Rove <laughs> said to me recently, we caught up when I was in LA and he said to me, he said, how are you? Because he said, you always look somewhere between really good and terminally ill. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And what was your answer? Oh, uh, I was closer to Terminal that time. Por no los dos?
0: Yeah. So anyway. Uh, well, I, look, you know, I, I, I don't want to like bang on all the time about this, but um, uh, is there anything you miss about it? Like just, you know, about drinking?
1: Yes. I well, I've never um, been, uh, since I was 18, the t- like I, the whole time, I was in a relationship the whole time. So I've never been single and drinking.
0: Oh. And, and that must be harder, right?
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Because, like, drinking is mostly for yeah, people to get together. for going, together.
1: fuck it, I'm going to speak to them. Right. Yeah, I just realised, can we swear? I'm assuming we can... It's a podcast. Swear. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I'm old. Say whatever you want. All right, well, this Whatever is, you want. This is going to get bad. No, I'm joking.
0: Yeah. Um, Lawrence Mooney was talking about how he'd be good in prison because <laughs> he enjoyed rimming. So I think yeah. whatever you say will be fine.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, no, there's the... Is the, the the, the um inhibition of going, yeah, I'm going to do this. And the worst thing is that if you do do that, then people know that you did it sober. Right. So, oh, yeah, you've got no excuse. No excuse. So I still behave but badly. But that's still a
0: terrible, like, I mean, it's a terrible <laughs> excuse.
1: Yeah, but it's socially but it is an acceptable. Excuse. Everyone goes, oh, I was drunk, mate. yeah She was drunk. She didn't mean that. I was like, I absolutely did mean that. Right. Absolutely. I have no excuse. Still means it. But I can't say
0: it it. because I'm sober. Yeah,
1: that's right. I can't say it again. Don't make me say it again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's what I miss. I miss, um, you know, know, I remember when I first thought about stopping drinking and I figured out what I really liked about drinking is the hangover, stay with me, is because when I had a hangover, I didn't give a shit what other people thought about me. Right. Absolutely. When you got a hangover, you're like, I'm the greatest thing in the world. I'm gonna have an egg and bacon roll. Right. I'm gonna watch some television. I'm gonna do something horrible in the toilet and I am the best person ever.
0: No, no, I absolutely agree with you. There's something I love about being hungover. Yeah. After the bit where it really hurts goes yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. But like that next bit. Or
1: just before, where you're not you you don't think that you're just still drunk, but you probably still. Oh yeah, no, that's all right. Waking well, up a bit drunk's fine.
0: Yeah, heaven. because I get you out of bed. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> but if if you've got through that, and then you can just do that. I mean, the amount of times in Melbourne, like during this festival, I wander out of this bloody hotel room down to the little um, Korean uh, bakery that's down the yeah. the road, um, and I'm in my pajamas. With my, you know, Kramer hair. Brilliant. And it's just like, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to land this couch.
1: Yeah, not my problem, people. Right. You want to judge me? You go ahead.
0: I'm going to download some Doctor Who. You better <laughs> believe gonna...
1: it. You better believe you want yeah. some Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. So that, that I really like that. But sometimes I still have that anyway. Well, you got to. Yeah, you really have to. A... But again, it's that thing of like people, because I don't drink, people no. thinking that that's arrogance. Right. Confidence is often mistaken for arrogance.
0: Isn't that interesting? Even
1: with myself. Where I'm fe- like, are you being an asshole or
0: I feel like that's really interesting. Have you replaced it with something? No. Do you feel that you don't have like another because no. I think Russell Brand, I've got this theory about Russell Brand. Yeah. Is that Russell Brand's addicted to being addicted, right? Right. He was a heroin addict, and then he was a sex addict. And then now he's become a um, a karma addict, from one of a spirituality yeah. addict. Like he's you know going on these you know, yoga retreats, and he's become. But every time you t- see Russell Brand, he's always kind of addicted to something and right. really into something. Yeah. he's addicted to being addicted. But that's, so, the,
1: that's also the nature of being an addict. Right, it's an addictive personality. Where you swallow things whole. Yeah. So I So
0: that's why I'm interested. You don't feel like you've like put something else in its place?
1: It's uh it, it will it will sort of um again it will to use the word oscillate. So sometimes if I'm travelling well then there's nothing else, but then other times I'll be I'll be obsessed about something or if I don't want to um if I don't want to face reality, I'll spend heaps of time on the internet. Um but I do, you know what I do? Thank you. Um I this sounds so daggy. I have to dance, like I have to have a hard dance often and that's sort of what, that's how I get out. That's your like, yep.
0: did you dance when you were drunk? Yep. So it kind of, you can go back into, you can be lost in the moment.
1: Yes. And strangely enough, when I'm around hammered people, sometimes I feel like I'm getting drunk.
0: You get a contact high? Yeah. From the dance floor? Yeah, or
1: no, just even like with really, really drunk oh, people. You just,
0: well, I mean, you probably are.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just from the breath fumes. Right, if
0: they just yeah, there's enough alcohol in yeah. the fumes smell and smell
1: ether. Yeah, um,
0: if people y- just people spit a lot when they're drinking. <laughs> You're probably getting a little bit of booze in.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's so it, it's easy to get caught up in the um, the energy of being drunk because I remember that. Of yeah. That, like you know when you're on the pirate Muscle memory, ship? yeah. Like when you're on the pirate ship at Australia's Wonderland, right. which is an amusement park that doesn't exist anymore. Yep. But when you're about to come down, you're like, and then you're about to go up, and that whoa! And you all do that together when you're drunk. you are like, what are we gonna do next? Yeah. Let's you know stand in front of this police car and do a moon, and that yep. will be hilarious. Um. So I still get caught up in that. What's gonna happen? Except, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Because that's the fun bit. Yeah, that's the fun bit. And then when I hear the same story the second time around, I'm like, time to go. Pack yeah. it up. Yeah. So that's the good thing, too, about not drinking.
0: That's really interesting. And, um, and yeah, so the dancing, oh, yeah. I'm interested in that. Because yeah. I'm not a dancer. I am. Never books. have been a dancer. I love Were you it. a dancer from way back? Yeah. Cuz I love a dance movie. Do you like a dance movie?
1: Yeah, I love a dance movie. Right. I love a dance movie. What's your
0: favorite movie. dance movie?
1: Um, well, do you know what? Well, this is kind of dance. It was Bring It On. Oh, yeah. And that then I went back and watched it and it doesn't hold up. Oh, heartbreaking. I heartbreaking thought it was like when... this I know I thought it was this insightful postmodern early 2000s satirical look at cheerleading and it's just not.
0: I think it kind of was. I just think that sometimes what happens is things are done so much better. Than that, like you mm. know, you, you look at something like, I don't know, like I mean, it's not the same thing, but like Mean Girls or yeah. something. You, you, that people have got more self-aware and made better versions of those things.
1: I think you might. That be the right.
0: one that comes through at the time was, yes, kind of groundbreaking. Yes, and was kind of you know you hadn't seen it done like that, but now they do a lot of those sort of now things now it feels like Empire Records uh, did you see oh, oh my god
1: yeah cool. Right. that was one of those films where I was like oh my god you've got to see it. I went to a performing arts high school so uh, for the last two years of school so yeah. uh, everyone's like oh you've got to see Empire Records it's like really angsty it's like really deep it's like really and then I watched them like This is terrible. Even at the time I knew it was terrible. And it was all like teenagers working in a music store. Like one of them had anorexia and bulimia and the other one was like trying to kill herself and the other one had an abusive dad and it was just terrible.
0: Um, Did you have someone in a movie that you, because this is quite a common thing I think particularly for performery kids, Mm. We they pick a Hollywood celebrity or they pick an artist or they pick someone from a movie and they kind of go, my life's like that person. Did you ever have that sort of thing?
1: I don't think so. You didn't have
0: like a, a culture hero? or something like that
1: I was really into the late show
0: oh like, yeah right. like
1: really into the late show when I was 11. So I was at primary school and nobody else knew what it was. And during the week I had to go to bed at like 6.30. But on weekends I was allowed to stay up.
0: Now, um, uh, we have a lot of listeners in other countries so uh, I might just tell them that yes. The Late Show um, was this not yeah because there's different Late Shows in different yes. countries but uh, The Late Show in Australia was this like seminal Australian television sketch, sketch, show, sketch yeah. comedy thing. It was a live sketch comedy show. <laughs> kind of, I mean it wasn't like Saturday Night Live at all but it was on Saturday Night and yeah. it was a live sketch comedy show. Yeah,
1: but it was pretty alternative and it was on an alternative, like it was on the ABC. And And it
0: was the best, you know, seven of the best, you know, or however many of them there were, but like of the best edgiest kind of they would have all been in their sort of i guess mid, mid to late 20s, 20s yeah. like you know really great <laughs> energy to the whole thing and, yeah. and, and you know it, it inspired an entire generation i think of performers in australia absolutely actually.
1: and i still think you see the trickle-down effects of it in performance and even now like that many years on and it was so ramshackle and i think that's what i loved about it yeah. i accidentally stumbled on it 10:30 on a saturday night and went what is this and it was a bunch of post-uni students you know playing out these sketches and you could see that they were embarrassed. Sometimes they were like, we did not pull this off. And uh, it was I, just
0: I, I... I heard them talking about it recently and they'd often say that like would only have like, you know, two thirds of the sketch written. Mm. So they like they go to air and they'd like do the first two thirds and then just try to wing, wing it home. It. You
1: know? And there's nothing harder than trying to find a punchline for a sketch. It's yeah. the worst. So that's what I sort of uh, the first year I watched that, and then the second year when Judith Lucy appeared, yes, I just went, "What is this that I see?" and I lost my mind. And Judith Lucy is an Australian comedian who is now um, enormous and wonderful. And yeah. yeah, she's so they're kind of. I didn't really have movie people, I don't think, but comedians and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as well in um, Seinfeld. Yeah, and it's funny because I didn't consider a, com- a career in comedy till I was at 24 I didn't do I, I didn't start comedy till I was 24 and that was sketch um, but those women really had an impact where I went I don't know what I'm watching but I want to consume everything about you
0: that's very interesting yeah yeah it's interesting that you were drawn to it without even kind of thinking yeah. that it was something that you would do
1: yeah and Bart Simpson Right. Before The Simpsons even came to Australia, I was trying to draw, like, pictures of them because I'd read about them in, like, TV hit magazine and I'm like, what is this? And then when I saw it, I went, oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen.
0: It's amazing how... And I don't know how that stuff works either, but I remember the exact moment of... Uh, when the uh, Simpsons came to Australia Yeah, it was and a
1: big deal It was a big deal Yeah, it was like it, I, I don't know if it was the media that was doing it If they were talking about the hype that it created in America But it was like a tornado heading towards us Whatever
0: they'd done, they'd done a great job Because all I can remember as a kid was thinking I'm going to love this show
1: Yeah, without- I'm going to love this It was, it was um, what's it, uh, in the later episode, Gabbo Yeah, it
0: was It, it was, was Gabbo. Gabbo Yeah, It was, that's what it was And particularly when you look back on those first episodes of The Simpsons, I mean, well, it got a lot better, it's fair to say. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time it was, you know, and I guess that's like that, you know, what you were saying about Bring It On, not to compare The Simpsons to Bring It On. (laughs) But, you know, if you watch, you know, that first season of The Simpsons now, it doesn't hold up. No,
1: and there's some terrible animation.
0: But you'd never seen anything like it, so it, you know.
1: You'd never seen a parent choke his son. Yeah. Like that was... It just touched me so deeply. Yeah. I could relate. Just no. reminded you of the yeah. good old days. Oh, the wooden the outside stern, toilet and the feather duster. And... No, we were still at that house when The Simpsons were on. Oh right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But no remote control.
1: No remote control. No, you no, had no, no. to. I had to turn it with pliers. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because the knob fell off. Is it a Knob fell off. And oh this is the other thing that we had. Um this is when we went up market. Oh, yeah. We had a Lady beat enough. of, of I like, know, oh, try not to be jealous. We uh, had okay the...
0: magazine spread. <laughs> Walk us through the house.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for your episode of Where Do You Come From when yeah. they go back to the outside toilet.
1: Well, this is where our first chicken died, and this is where our second chicken died. Um, and this is where we made crab hotels um, in the mud flats. We had mud flats. We weren't allowed to watch television in the afternoon, don't judge me. Anyway, we had a, vi- a beta video, and we got a pause button, which was on a cord plugged into the back, right. and it was about a three metre cord, and on it, was a clicking button so that if you were recording something, you didn't have to record the ads. Does that make sense? Yes. So is it, it like? But it was
0: much like the button you'd push, like if you're on a TV quiz show. Exactly.
1: Or Except we'd always forget that we'd press the pause, pause. button, and, and then, then you'd, you'd miss a chunk of the show. Not all of the show. You yeah. record the first bit, and then only record the ads after that. <laughs> oh right! So you yeah, get yeah. it out of order. Yeah. You go. Well, did I press it? No, nah, it's still recording. It's still recording. Man, I, I, I
0: do remember having people record things for me and they would cut out the ads, but you'd remember, they would have forgotten to, like, a whole section. Yes. So you'd suddenly just jump ahead. That's probably how they got the idea for Lost. Yeah, Somebody yeah. <laughs> was just recording old TV shows.
1: I don't understand this. Why is this a different time? It's very much like Beta. All right, JJ Abrahams, talk us through yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And you had chickens as well.
1: We had chickens. At, yeah, we had Henrietta, and I can't remember what the other one was. I remember we had a storm once. And there Henrietta's was...
0: good, though, because she was a hen, so yes. that's a good pun. Hey? Hey. Yeah.
1: Uh, We had a storm once and Henrietta got out and she was in one of the jacaranda trees and she was just swaying because we had a two-storey house. She was sort of out the front of the window just swaying back and forth and we're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Anyway, it was just a beautiful image that I remembered. Just speaking of Henrietta the hen... Yes.
0: um, I, last night in my show... I uh, was talking to the audience at the start, as yes, I do, do, while people sit down.
1: While you have a drink.
0: Yeah. But literally, that's the only reason I talk to the audience in my sh- People are always laid into my show. Mm. And it's one of those rooms that's a bit distracting for people to sit down. So I, I find if I just take the first five minutes and do some crowd work and mm. everyone settles down and then I get on with the bits I've prepared. And um, so last night, uh, there was a guy in the front row called Ali. Mm. And I said, I said, I'm going to guess what your job is. And I said, it'd be the best if you're a barber, Ali Barber. that'd be a great thing. He wasn't, he worked for the government. But (laughs) then I went to the next girl and she goes, I'm Patty. And I said, If you make cakes, this is going to be the best. She made cakes.
1: No. Her name was Patty,
0: she made cakes. Oh. Oh, Thank you. So exciting.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Patty. What kind of cakes did but you make? But
0: she, the, you know what the thing was? She didn't, I don't think she got the joke. She'd never, it had no,
1: never occurred to her.
0: because I said, I, I bet you make cakes. And she looked at me like I was John Edward. Like oh. she was staring at me like,
1: "How hey, did you know that I make cakes? What is Turning this? Turning to a partner. Have you had something to do with this? Yeah. I told you we shouldn't sit in the front.
0: No, yeah. Are we getting engaged? <laughs>
1: yeah, is this going to be a proposal?
0: I'm not ready for this.
1: <laughs> Am I about to be punked? It was amazing.
0: I honestly don't think that she realised the joke that I was making. Maze. I think she just, just makes cakes and her name was Patty.
1: But I enjoyed it. Don't you love people sometimes? I love people.
0: Sometimes. Most of the time. Most of the time? Yeah. Not sure about that. Oh, I'm a
1: bit of a misanthropist, are you? No,
0: I just think that, um, you know, I think there's probably, I like um, people individually. Yes. um, But I often am worried about people as groups. Right. I often find that, like, people when they're in a group, when they're generally just people, yeah. can be incredibly mean spirited and, uh, you know, can be, yeah, a lot of evil can be done in the name of, yeah, people.
1: I've seen West like, Side Story. I know yeah. how groups work.
0: Exactly, right? The there dance. can be a lot of dancing, clicking. Yeah. You never know what'll start up. You, well, choreography. It's the of- <laughs> right. I mean, seriously.
1: <laughs> oh, God, he's doing the box step.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah, look, I mean, in general, I like to think that people are good. But, you know, it's interesting. We're recording this the day after um, New Zealand have passed their marriage equality bill. Yes. Uh, making them, I think, the 13th country in the world to now have marriage equality. Uh, they were the first country in the world to give women the vote. Yeah. And uh, now they've beaten Australia again. The Kiwis uh, in... are
1: pretty progressive, though, full stop. They are. Right. Like, you go over there and the fact that most people know how to speak some of their Indigenous language... Most people, whereas in Australia, and I understand that there's, uh, you know, multiple dialects, but I don't understand, for example, why we don't teach children in primary schools some local language. Oh,
0: I was talking to, God, I probably shouldn't say this if I can't remember which comedian it was. Um, oh, I'm going to say this is – def- it's definitely – this is not my joke. It was told to me by another comedian. <laughs> okay. We're in Montreal. And I'm sure you can find out which comedian it was. But it was a, just a great observation about that even the homeless people in Montreal speak two languages. <laughs> and he was like, you know, oh, in most countries yeah. if you speak two languages, you're in parliament yeah. or something. Like you get a good job. But like we don't – in America even people will speak a bit of Spanish and stuff yeah, and that Yeah, most people. Sort of oh, thing.
1: definitely in California. Yeah.
0: But like uh, – in Australia, like, you know, the idea of speaking, a sec- I mean, we're pretty arrogant about the fact that, no, you just have to speak our language. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I don't know if, I don't know if that is, I, I mean, yes, it is as far, it's arrogant that. Yes, yes, it is arrogant. I was going to say, well, we're not really near anything, and I went, oh, we're just talking about indigenous yeah. languages, Felicity. Maybe well, peel a bit.
0: Well, indigenous languages, or the fact that we're in the heart of Asia. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think that you know, like, and that. But the point is that even the idea of us needing to speak another language is not something that we even consider. Yeah. We just go, we pick the one that's getting the most popular.
1: Yeah, which I don't think it is. No.
0: Yeah. That's, well, there's heaps of Chinese people. Yeah, that's Wait right. For a start. <laughs> yeah. heaps.
1: Heaps. There's so heaps many Chinese people. yeah, yeah like. Like at least four times as many as us, at yeah. least.
0: Oh, at least. Did
1: you learn languages in school?
0: Yeah, not well, though. Didn't you? No. Uh, I did French. Yes. Uh, with uh, my best mate uh, at high school, a guy called Mark Howard, and I sat together in uh, French, uh, and we also sat together in Year 11 uh, Chemistry mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Mr. Van Malen, who was our Canadian teacher, did not know my name for an entire uh, year. Excellent. He used to refer to me as "you, you, Mr. Howard's friend," for a year. Ouch! Yeah.
1: Wow, that is a that's a painful coattail you're writing. Right.
0: So the other morning, for the very first time, Howie and I sat next to each other again because he now hosts um, a breakfast. He's a sports reporter, right. and he now hosts a um, like a, a AFL uh, Saturday morning show uh, called uh, The Dead Set Legends. Mm. And so I went in and co-hosted with him and Wayne the Duck Carey. The former AFL footballer, yes. Wayne Carey, the three of us on radio, it was a very bizarre experience right. in my life.
1: I wasn't sure if you were, your face was saying, I was so excited because he was a, a hero. No,
0: no. It's Wayne Carey. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I know. I know.
0: Wayne Carey. Like, I mean, I know overseas <laughs> people won't know Wayne Carey, but Google Wayne Carey. What you'll find- He's done is, some stuff. He's done some bad stuff. He's
1: done some bad he's stuff. He's
0: done some terrible stuff. He was awesome at footy, mm. so we've forgiven him most of those bad things. But they were terrible things. How bad? And so I, over the years, have made a lot of jokes <laughs> about those terrible.
1: Course, a lot. Of course. Like a lot. Yeah. And then suddenly I'm walking. Were you worried that he would have known? Yes. Yeah. Of course I was. And is he a massive? I mean, that's quite tall anyway. Oh but
0: no, he would punch the shit yeah. out of me, like in a you're, second. Because you're you're
1: tall, but you're quite weak. Oh, that's terribly what I weak.
0: I mean, terribly, (laughs) terribly weak.
1: I mean, emotionally and physically.
0: Oh, all of those things. I mean, yes. So I've gone in, and I'm terrified. It's tense. It's tense. So, so he said to me, (laughs) because the whole time I'm thinking, my best bet is that he doesn't. Know me, or he doesn't know anything about me. You know that he doesn't. He's not the sort of guy who reads. You know,
1: football has done a lot to his brain. Right.
0: Exactly. And look, you know, from what I'd heard about him and that sort of thing, is that I can't can't imagine he spends all day reading the newspaper. You Mm. know what I mean? So, get away if you're listening. (laughs) So anyway, he said to me early on, which is a pretty generic question to ask a comedian, but you know, he said, look, you know, we just met, and he said. um, you know, do you do you ever get the expectation from people that you've just met that you're going to be funny all the time? And I said to him, and, and you know, it was just one of those moments where the honesty comes out because we we're on radio. And I said, look, Wayne, to be honest, I was just hoping you hadn't heard all the terrible things I've said about you, and oh. you were going to punch me. And he just laughed, and he said, look, I, I did a lot of terrible things, and you wouldn't be much of a comedian if you hadn't made fun out of those things. Wow. And I was like.
1: Thanks. I'm going to take round two then. Here All right. We go. the duck? All right. Listen
0: to the podcast next week.
1: <laughs> Here's some other stuff. All oh, right. Oh, yeah. that's a relief. Did, it was a relief. Did things but it was, sort of changed then? It was fine.
0: It was totally fine yeah. then. But it was um, it was a very interesting thing. Have you? Because you're not really a make fun of people person in your comedy, no, are you?
1: I make fun of myself.
0: Do you ever? What about family and stuff, though? Do you ever get any? Um,
1: they love it. They love it. They love it. My mum. There was a show that I did in Sydney. I did a gig and uh, she was staying in Sydney for the show. She turned up to the show 20 minutes late with two Coronas in hand and she walks (laughs) into the third row and I'm like, are you fucking serious? And she goes, what? I said, you're 20 minutes late to a 60-minute show. And you came to this city for the show. And she goes, I've seen it all before. I'm like, it's a new show. She goes, well, hurry up. There's people watching. She bloody loves it. She loves to be involved. And anytime my family's in, I make sure they cheer so (coughs) that the audience know. Because there's something, there's also something quite special about, um, you know, having the audience in and you talking about them. Uh, Oh,
0: no, no, no. I I, I mean, I, my parents came and saw the show the other weekend. I always tell. um, Yeah. You know, I always tell them because... Um, you know, A, you can get some free laughs off yeah. of it. But B, you know, it's better that it's out there rather than you the whole time kind of sitting there Harboring worrying it, about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. well I think I, in the first show, I think I might have one off told that toilet, the pan toilet story, mm-hmm. and dad was up the back and he goes, that's not how it happened. Uh, I went, oh, do tell. And he goes, well, what happened was, and then he went on and told oh, the story. He, and he did tell he, Yeah, he corrected it. Yeah. He's a great storyteller.
0: I always thought this would be a great idea for a show, and my parents were never up for it, but maybe you could do it with your parents, uh, which is that my parents always had this thing, because I would talk about you know, the, the farm and stuff mm. and life, and... They would be like, well, that's not exactly how that happened. Mm. And I said, well, of course it's not. I'm not making a fucking documentary about you guys. I'm making a comedy show (laughs) for strangers. you're not? No. You know, so like I said, of course. I take, you know, the truth of what happened or how I remember what happened or what my interpretation of that thing that was happening happened and sometimes, yes, you know, I put The two cow
1: on... was wearing a beanie in my particular story. No right. big deal. Well,
0: you know what the big thing is? I never try to change things too much. But a lot of the time I will bang two stories together to make a proper story. Yeah. Or like, you know, you'll use... I mean, I used to talk about... I used to tell a story about a girl I went to university with. But it wasn't. It was three girls I went to university with yeah. that I combined into this one thing that... Yeah,
1: I've got a yeah. I've got a story about um, about being recognised on a plane, which happened. Uh, well, no, what she did was she said, uh, "Are you a comedian?" And I said, "Yes." And yeah. we were about to. It was a twenty four hour flight to back to Australia from London. And I said, "Yes." And uh, and she said, uh, "You've been on TV, some." I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, I've been on TV." And she's like, "Well, shouldn't you be in business class?" <gasps> and I was like, Ugh! And then another oh my time, God. yeah, classy. This she was only last year. You? Yeah, totally slammed me. And then, like, oh a couple of years ago, I was walking up the stairs of Melbourne Town Hall and um, there was a couple at the bottom and they're like, is it her? It's her? Shall we? You say something. You say... And that's all I could hear. And I'd only been doing comedy for about a year, so I was yeah. like, Lansley is pretty good. And then I heard them go, Kitty! Kitty Flanagan. Yeah. And for those listening, Kitty Flanagan is another Australian uh, comic who has brown curly hair and is quite petite like myself. So I have melded the two stories together. And, uh, yeah, that's, so if anyone sees that joke, they happened separate of each other.
0: But that's, but that's what you're doing. But I love yeah. the idea of the, the show because I always said to my parents when they would complain it wasn't how it happened, I said I would love to do a show where I come out mm. and I do a bit and then you can come out Tell and we reason. can talk about how you remember that happening. And then, you know, we could do that as like a whole show.
1: da na back and forth. Well, I've thought about, um, I wanted to do a show with my dad Uh, because he has some crazy crazy stories it's sort of and I wanted to have him at a bar and it would just be he would be drinking because I think that's the only way he could feel comfortable do it at a bar and just have people standing around and hopefully I would ask him enough questions that he would feel comfortable enough to tell those stories in front of an audience because he had some amazing stories i.e he got my mum deported from Canada what do you mean? They went – and I, I'm probably going to get the details wrong. Okay. It's all right. Dad doesn't know how to use Whatever. the internet. It'll so be not. fine. Um, they weren't together at the time, but they had been together. Right. And they used to follow the snow. So they did two and a half years. They do three, three months in Australia nine months in Canada. So they went over to Canada. and So, said,
0: like, were they skiers or ski instructors? Dad was a ski instructor. instructor? Yeah, and okay. And mum
1: right. skied and worked in the kitchens, basically, yeah. and, and waitress. And uh, so they went to Canada – they weren't together. Mum was with this other guy, and they had to cross the border to get back in to like renew the, the – You know, you got to leave every three months yeah. or whatever, because they probably weren't on work visas, if I know my parents. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, <laughs> then m- that mum didn't bring her passport for some reason, and dad and dad and this other guy said, yeah, we're going to go and get, like we're going to go and get the thing. We're going to go and cross the border. And she's like, okay. Yeah. She didn't bring a passport. And then at the border, they said, "Well, you have got to go home." And so she had to stay in America and go home. And Dad still went out, and he might have, might have finished the season. Right. Still good skiing. Still, well, yeah, I mean. This is another thing. I, there's a lot of like dodgy area with my parents. I don't know what is real and what isn't. Right. We had a lot of cars stolen when we were younger. Like our car got stolen like four or five times, and that had never occurred to me as something suspicious. That is
0: suspicious.
1: I, that did it. I just thought that's what happened to Beverly's right. family. Yeah, and your then, car gets stolen. I know. And then a couple of years ago, Mum goes. Oh, yeah, it was for the insurance money. I went, right! What? She goes, Yeah, come on, whose car gets stolen five times? Your father organised that. Right! And then I brought it up recently and she goes, No, no, they did genuinely get stolen. I'm like, What is going What's on true? here? What's true? What's true? So that's, I, that's, it's hard to find the truth in my family.
0: Oh, it, there's no way that your car got stolen
1: five times. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's got to be dodgy. It ass. just got like stripped. It got stripped so many times. And it wasn't a good car. It was like a metallic green Kingswood. And then there was a white pano, obviously, panel van. Nice. Do,
0: do you get the impression that your dad just, like, would you have known a bloke? Was that the sort of, like, you, you did know a bloke? Several. No, several blokes.
1: <laughs> most of his friends. Most of his friends. Like, all of his friends' names, <coughs> they're all, like, you know, Shippo and, right. you know, they were all made, they're all, like, abbreviated names or everyone had a nickname and you didn't know why. Right. You know, there was Tony the Rat, and it was. <laughs> it was. I don't know. It's like out of a cartoon. Right. I did not realise that the Central Coast was such a hotbed of. Oh, you know, there's a lot of crime on the Central Coast. Is that right? Yeah. And in the 90s, we had the highest rate of uh, youth suicide and teen pregnancy in Australia. Ah, oh, well,
0: yeah. that's. Both terrible and delightful. I know. Circle well, of life. The
1: fact that I had not committed suicide or pregnant by now. Right. Statistically, pretty impressive.
0: Right. Yeah. You were already a success.
1: Yeah. You were one of the very <laughs> few little people. girl
0: that could. Right. You were one of the few people that didn't have to be embarrassed to tell their parents they were going to be a performer. Yeah, that's She's it. She's like, I'm not pregnant or dead.
1: And I passed school. Am right. I right? All I still right. went to TAFE, but I failed that. You went to TAFE? Yeah, I went to TAFE. What did you do at TAFE? I studied music business skills. So was going to be like um, a event management or band management or music copywriting or publishing. Right. Well, uh, you know, the music industry is going fantastic. Yeah, so really that was good. It's probably a good choice. Oh my God, i going to start working for record industry right now. Yeah, you
0: can do an A&R.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's a really good industry now. Yeah. That's really weird to me, the idea of dying industries, though, because... Um, did you actually think you would do that as a job or was it just
1: something that you... Well, I kind of did it a couple of times. I put on a couple of, um, like, concerts and I yeah. put on a couple of dance parties because it was 1999 and you put on dance parties. Of course. Obviously. Um, and then I sort of started managing <coughs> a friend's band for, you know, a minute and a half. Um, but it's actually held me in quite good stead sort of knowing a little bit about the... How it all works. Yeah, the workings of other things other than being on stage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I am, um, because I studied journalism. I was
1: going to say,
0: did you go to uni? Yeah, I went to uni in Canberra, studied yeah. journalism. And I always remember, you know, having to tell my parents, you know, that I was going to not be a newspaper journalist. And now I just always think, oh, God, it was such a smart move because, I mean, it took 20 years. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. industry <laughs> is fucked. Like, it is so fucked.
1: But that's like going, oh, I'm glad I became a digger because there was an earthquake, you know? like that, Right. That's, a, that's a, uh, it's, No, no,
0: because you know what I'd be now? I'd be a fucking forty-year-old guy with a blog.
1: Yeah, okay. And now what are you? Forty-year-old 40 guy with for the, the podcast. podcast.
0: <laughs> but you know,
1: it's different. It's, it's
0: different. different. It's different. Shut, shut up! Shut up! Don't shut tell up. anyone. Shh.
1: This is over. Come on! I hate it.
0: This is bullshit. You're bullshit, bro. Um. So your parents enjoy watching you then? They don't. They yeah. don't. They're happy to hear all this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, I did my show the other night on the Central Coast. I went back to do a preview there, oh. and um, all of my family came. And my grandma came and oh, I said, fine, actually, surprisingly fine. I say cunt like twice. Right. And I was like, well, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to not say it because no, grandma's in the to. audience. And then afterwards I came out and she's 78 and she just said, I'm so proud of you and gave me a big hug. I was like, this is the best job in the world where you can say cunt in front of your grandma and she loves it. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: I could not do that. In fact, I did do that once. My nana snuck in to see my show uh, in Melbourne. Because I've always said it's not for nana. Yeah, yeah. It's not for nana. And this was early on too. Before, like <laughs> now, maybe she'd like, even though the tone and content would not be for her, yeah. maybe at least the execution—you know—she'd be impressed that people who were enjoying it. Yeah, you know. But, but the
1: grand sense of grandeur, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'm in a nice theater, and everyone else seems to be having a good time. Look
1: how well they dressed for the show. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's right. You know, I could pass some of it off. Yeah. But back then, I wasn't even good enough to do that. And all I remember about this night was there was an eight-year-old boy in the front row, oh, which is terrible. That's worse already. than your nana. Much worse because everyone, it was a small enough room that everyone could see the kid as well. What do you do
1: in that situation? Do you you let them know, hey, this is the show it's going to be?
0: Yes. Normally I do. Normally, these days what I do is normally I berate the parents.
1: Yeah, me too. Like I do a thing
0: of just going, like I, from the start, you know, tell them how bad parents they are. And then at any stage when something goes a bit that way, all you have to do is look at the parents and go, well...
1: This is your fault. This is your fault, You yeah. did this.
0: And I think the audience kind of... Because then the audience have permission to go, <laughs> you know, we agree. It yeah. is the parents' fault.
1: I agree. I do the thing where I, go, I ask how old they are. I ask if the parents brought them and then, then ask if they have a good family therapist. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um,
0: so I nana. didn't do that the night my nana was in. I did this instead. <laughs> I went up to the kid and I said, I thought this would be a good way to defuse the situation. I said, there's going to be some swearing tonight. What is the rudest word that you know? Yeah. And the kid goes, poo, which was pretty funny, right? And, and then I said, come on, you must know a ruder word than poo. And the kid goes, cunt.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Now, in these days. Fish in the barrel. These days, these days, this would be one of the, but it was just, people didn't love it. Oh, people didn't love it. How
1: long ago was this?
0: Oh, this—I mean, probably my third or fourth year. I remember I was in the council chambers at the yeah. the town which hall,
1: which is a weird terrible
0: romantic. room to do comedy in, like terrible because it's a literal council chambers yeah. and
1: people are in big high, big leather chairs.
0: high back chairs and you're on a really weird stage that's above and everyone and then, and then and there's
1: like Stadler and Waldorf style Muppet seats yeah, up on the right with side. terrible
0: uh, viewing sight yeah. lines. so and people acoustics. right, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible place to do comedy. So
1: anyway, well done. I still Anyone? use it
0: yeah. and I've done for about 18 years. So I um it's not a great room for audience work either. Because of those high big chairs, people are a little cut off from each other. And anyway, people didn't enjoy the kid saying that. They thought it was terrible. And then the whole show was terrible. And then at the end my nana was there. I didn't know that she was there. Like it was one of the worst shows I've ever done. I'm so sorry. And I made an eight-year-old kid so can't. Oh. And my nana was there.
1: But now you get to talk about it on your podcast. Well, it's I guess worth so. it.
0: Well, I'm not sure it no, was. Not worth you it. know, when you just, like, I you saw her after the show, and it, it was honestly like a light had gone out inside oh, her. Oh,
1: don't. She'd, you'd put the candle
0: out. I'd put the candle out. With your eight out. year old cunt. Like, I think that she had always been hopeful for me. Oh. I was the first kid in my family who, you know, finished high school. I'm named after her, you know, dead husband. Oh. You know, we were best mates when oh. I was growing up. And I think she was. The, you weren't you know, doing she the was, name very proud. She was proud of me when I was a Lions the here. I won a public speaking contest. That was the William Anderson she was proud of. That's one, the one that she liked. She liked the nice country kid with the stupid, you know, haircut and the you know, the grammar school clothes. and Button-up shirt. That's what she liked. Yeah. She didn't like somebody ridiculous, swearing idiot.
1: Were you fingernails then?
0: Oh, I might have been too. What I did she know. think of the fingernails? Oh, look, you know. There was a lot of what I was doing at that time that she did not approve of. And a lot of what I'm doing now that she probably still doesn't approve of. But, but now, you know, there is a, it's a weird thing for me in the country, and this is what I was going to say, and I've talked about this a little on the podcast before, but I don't like to do gigs where I'm from. And the only reason is that people don't complain to me. They complain to my family. Yeah, sure. So, like, if I, you know, like, mum and dad honestly get calls after, that, uh, you know, about my political opinions or about, right. you know, that I swear too much or right. whatever. And it's not mum and dad's fault. Like, yeah, you know. I suppose
1: that's the thing where because i don't I don't speak politically on stage, I don't think I'm smart enough to do that. Um, uh, I, I'm not assuming that you think you're smart. I'm just that's how I feel. Um but when I go back to the coast, I've got a bunch of jokes about being on the Central Coast as well, and they just can't believe that anyone has ever observed that and is saying it back to them. Yeah, they right. just, Cannot believe it. And not that they're idiots, but it's just there is a sense of... They don't get a lot of comedy there anyway. Right,
0: and it's the ultimate local. Yeah, Like, it's I mean, because ultimate. it's good local. It's yeah. not just someone rocking into town and going, Hey, Melbourne, I've you've got trams. This. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like,
0: it's good local.
1: Yeah, it's good local. Yeah. And so I, I love that. I did a gig last year, maybe, and it was a breast cancer fundraiser. Right. And it was billed as a girls' night out. It wasn't women only, but that's how it was billed. There was yeah. 570 people there three of them were men. Right. And I have never heard a noise like that before. I've never heard 570 women laugh like that. And by the time I got on stage, I was thinking, this is going to be a nightmare. Like, it got a bit roadhouse. Right. They'd all had about 40 champagnes, 40 pink champagnes before.
0: There's something about a group of women in the same room like that. I've told the story on the podcast before about um, I did a uh, thing at Heat Nightclub for the Western Bulldogs. It was their manpower night. Oh, my God. So they're all doing strips. Oh, my God. And all the women in the audience are um, uh, Bulldogs fans, 600 women in Heat Nightclub in Melbourne.
1: All of those words together, Heat, bulldog fans, drunk women.
0: 600 women, (laughs) 6,000 Bacardi breezes, six teeth. Like it was the most feral thing I've ever experienced in my life. Were you
1: telling jokes and they're going, take it off?
0: Oh, even worse than that, at the end... They started yelling, Take it off, and I'm like, No, 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 I'm like the host. They started throwing money. Oh my god, coins!
1: Oh, ow, no, notes. Ow. coins, I, loose change. I, when I felt <laughs> like I was a busker, well, to an extent, you are <laughs> okay, sure. I took my top off at a gig once. What, yeah, what it was at a it, there's a, a club in I know, <laughs> I think. I'm trying to think if I was. To, no I think I was yeah I was just in my bra yeah I think I did do that what? What so happened? this is I. back when you were drinking no no I didn't do stand up when I was I only started that when I stopped drinking right it was at a gay club in um, Melbourne and it's a bears only club okay Um, and they so had, hang on,
0: how were you there then
1: so it was a it was something they call mooners or it's it's kind of a fundraiser night, right. and they hadn't had a woman perform on stage for 20 years, oh. and I think Janet McLeod might have booked okay, or sure. put me onto them. So I went and did this gig, and I started, and I'd been doing stand-up for about three months, yeah. maybe four months, and it was a 15-minute spot or something. So I started talking, and then I was like, oh, I've got this new story, I'll start telling a story. And it was a stand-up gig in that they were standing against the like the metal gate as if it was a gig, a yeah. music gig. And I start telling this boring story. Nobody
0: wants to hear a story. Nobody wants to hear a story. standing up.
1: So they started, like, talking, and then the din got louder and louder and louder. And then someone yelled out, show us your tits. And I went, why? Are you going to fuck me? And then they all started laughing. Oh, and then okay, it just good. turned into this banter. Yeah. And because it was a mooning night, and, like, I think what happens is three people come out and they moon, but you only see their asshole, and then you have to guess whose asshole it is. Really? It's like a yearly thing. Wow.
0: and That is a whole different version of Hole in the Wall. That is very
1: different. I would to like to see Jules
0: Lund host that <laughs> event.
1: <laughs> it's Glory Hole in glory the Wall. Glory Hole in the Wall. Um, and then they just, like, then we were just, like, bantering back and forth and it was getting really rowdy and they kept saying, show us your tits. It was going on and on. And I was wearing a dress that had a zip on it. Right. And I went, you know what? Fuck it, and then I unzipped and I took my because it was only gay men right. in the audience, and I did took, you
0: turn any back? <laughs> that's how well the gig would have gone. No, no, that would have been like, what's the tough, what's the best gig you've ever done? Did a bears night? Yeah, got eight back.
1: <laughs> I brought them back kids. <laughs> I brought them back, and uh, and then it, I think it's filmed because I saw it on a television uh, at the same oh, time. I right. Ah, oh, <laughs> all right. Yep, that's. That's going to be a career highlight. That hasn't eventuated or surfaced yet, so. Right.
0: Well, if there's anyone out there who knows what it is... <laughs> Just send it into the podcast. Flick it in. We'll put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, please. Advertise this episode. I've
1: forgotten about that.
0: Wow. That's quite confronting. Yeah. Because there are some, like, male comedians who can't wait to take their pants off.
1: Gagging for it. Like, why
0: is that? I don't know. Why?
1: I, there is something... I actually saw a show the other night where... It, and it was so funny. I won't say... Let's just say there was some penis involved, right? And a little bit of ball sack, and it was very funny. Now it's difficult because I find genitals very funny, uh, but women's genitals are in—you know or boobs are, oh, are boobs. Genitals? No, they're not genitals. No, right. I don't think so. No. But there is, unfortunately, I think boobs are very funny, but they're also very sexual. Right. So it's quite difficult to separate them. But boobs
0: are like funny, sexual, and practical. I know
1: they're everything. They're, they're everything. the greatest thing ever. I yeah. know that. And so, what I I found a way to make them unsexy on stage. And I will use this at one stage where what I used to do is uh, (laughs) I used to do this with a girlfriend where we'd be talking, and then I'd pretend to get angry. And then I'd sort of start a bit of an argument, then I'd turn around and just pull one boob out of my singlet top, and I'd turn around and go, you know what, the other thing is, and they'd turn around, and then they'd realise I just had one boob out. And it's really funny.
0: That is, but also a great way to diffuse an argument.
1: Amazing way to diffuse If shit
0: it. is going wrong, Yeah, just boob out.
1: It, it's, just one. Just one. An amusing two, boob. Two is two too so much. much. Two is too much. Yeah. You start imagining things. One, though, right. is so unsexual and deflated right. and embarrassing one boob so i will probably do that at some stage so if you want yeah. to see my boobs come to my gigs for the rest of my life yeah. and once i might do that.
0: that that's it there you go yeah that's a good way to hook Three, people eight, in eight. we were talking before the podcast about how you get a new audience yeah, that's how you get a what new you're
1: audience. gonna do
0: is promise people at some stage one boob one boob one boob now is there a more comical boob though of the two i mean because you both times then you went with the left yeah. Do you think the left is the more comical of the boobs? I
1: think so. Most that was your have...
0: left, my right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where <it> we're <was> sitting, <laughs> for just for who anyone
0: who's playing along at home.
1: <laughs> Thank you for noticing that. That's very <laughs> observant. Um, most women have one boob that's bigger than the other, oh, and my no, left not... boob is. And it's, I think it's often the left boob because it's above, it's a, 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 uh, over the heart. Right. Yeah. Was a fact for you. There you go. You're we, we love
0: a fact on this. I love a fact. Uh, in fact, we're getting towards the end, so it's good to finish on a fact. Um, uh, Felicity Ward, uh, I want you to plug some stuff. I want people to know where they can find mind you okay. doing things. Okay. Well, are you on Twitter? you Are you, not on, tw- are you yeah, on Twitter? Yeah,
1: I'm on Twitter What's your Twitter? Much. Felicity Ward. Everything is Felicity Ward. Okay. My Facebook page is Felicity Ward. Not official Felicity Ward, just no. Felicity Ward? My Twitter handle is Felicity Ward. Yes. Instagram is Felicity Ward. My website is FelicityWard.com. Okay, all right, well, that's good. All that stuff. And do you have gigs coming up that you want to talk to people about? I'm doing Perth Comedy Festival. Okay, that's good. So that'll be like the 8th of May for four or five nights. All
0: right, and what are you doing? Are you doing the Hedgehog?
1: No, no, I did that last year. So So it's just a stand up show. A stand up shot, honestly. Okay, great. Yeah, so it's, uh, and it'll be, yeah, it'll be funny. All right, that's That's, good. And then I'm doing Roadshow. You'll probably have to check my website for dates because I I don't know the. I'm going to. Canberra and Wollongong, that's all I know at
0: the moment Okay, well the Comedy Festival Roadshow goes to a whole lot of different places, so make sure you f- check out Felicity's uh, details for where she's coming, but definitely go and see you in Perth um, and our friends Justin Hamilton's uh, going over to do uh, the Perth Comedy Festival as well so there's heaps of really cool shows on Yeah, so lots. Make sure you go and check some stuff out uh, As always, if you want to uh, hit us up on this show um, the best place is still the Tofop, um Facebook page, but you can email me officialfofop at gmail.com uh, You can hit me up, will underscore Anderson and of course on Twitter and uh, oh, if you like the show and you listen on iTunes please uh, rate it on iTunes because that always keeps us up the top of the charts there and it's very helpful for other people to listen to it um, uh, the only thing I was going to do is I'm going to plug some gigs because I'm uh, going to be in Alaska so obviously if there's anyone who listens to this show who's in Alaska
1: or who's watching the film Insomnia
0: or, oh, oh my god that's Alaska that's isn't a- it I
1: think that's Alaska yeah
0: I had this really bad experience with the film Insomnia, where um, I really like that film. Yeah, I'm too. a big Christopher Nolan fan. Who and, isn't? Um, well, fucking idiots.
1: Yeah, exactly. But
0: not smart people, fucking great. High five. Yeah, we high five. Yeah. over the microphone. Fucking, it was not about high five either.
1: Yeah, we didn't even look at the elbow. No. You know that trick?
0: Yeah, you yep. gotta look at the elbow. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Jules Lund, who's an Australian TV host before, and uh, who hosted that TV show, Hole in the Wall. But he's also a guy who does radio. He's a really good fella, and I uh, he can't high five at all. He is the worst high fiver of any person. He's all.
1: Does he know the elbow?
0: Yeah. Oh no, he's been talked through everything. <laughs> you know what? He's too stiff-arm. I think that's his real okay. thing. He comes at you with a fucking Hitler salute. <laughs> like, I think people get put off by the inherent racism.
1: More like, I mean, anything. he's
0: blonde. Yeah. He's very good-looking. He's
1: very Aryan, blue you eyes. Know,
0: he's coming at you with that Hitler thing. It doesn't look like a high-five. No. It looks like he's going to invade Poland. Yeah. Um,
1: How can something so wrong be so right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't
0: call the episode that. No. We get taken off IGN. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to Alaska. Oh, so I did like to say, insomnia. I was in Perth and... Um, I'd seen the movie Insomnia already, loved it, thought it was fantastic. But for people who haven't seen it, there's a you know, detec- detective who's investigating a crime, but at the same time, you know, he can't sleep because it's you know, always light. Light. So he, he's starting to realise, he doesn't know what's going on and what's not going on. So I got on the plane on the way back from Perth and I had had a weekend in Perth where I had not been to bed. I'd gone out on Friday night and I'd had shows Friday and Saturday and hadn't been to bed until, like, I got on a plane on Sunday to come back. And so I was not in the best shape I've ever been in in my life. If
1: you ever need to talk to anyone, Will. This
0: was a long time ago. <laughs> I feel like the it's fact that happening. this is not a story that I'm telling now. Well, I'm telling it it's now, a good but thing. it's not. Yeah, it's like this is a whole I was different life. in love. the past. Um, heaps better than that yeah, now. Yeah. So I got on the plane, and they were showing the movie Insomnia, which I had already seen, and. But at the same time, I was so like I hadn't slept myself that I started to freak out that I hadn't seen it and that I didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. Oh my god! And so I was having an in, like I was having an Inception insomnia moment.
1: You were you were preempting Christopher Nolan's directorial career on the plane.
0: Exactly. Oh my god! Massive. I'm, maybe this isn't even the real world. Maybe you are a where's, prophet. Where's my talisman? You
1: are a comedy <laughs> prophet. Maybe
0: I probably am.
1: You probably are. Let's face
0: it. A comedy prophet, Felicity yeah. Ward. Yep. On my next year's poster. Yep. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I'm going to Alaska. So you can find me in Alaska. I'm also at the Soho Theatre in London, which I think you're going to do shows at later in the year, yeah, right? In June. In June. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah. like, I'm there May, I think, end of May and June, and then Felicity's there like probably straight after or yeah, you know, the 20, in June. 20th, twenty
1: first, twenty second. I think I'm doing something.
0: Right. Look at that. See. So if you're in London, uh, check out those as well. Okay. That's enough plugs. Thank you very much, Felicity Work.
1: Thanks for having me.